Is Bitcoin pumping? Is Bitcoin dumping? That is the question we all have on our mind right now. It is the 1st of December and hopefully we can provide some clarity for that question. We are seeing alts run up past their all-time high while Bitcoin consolidates basically between 56, 58k, not a clear direction, but we are seeing market structure shift towards higher lows. And so without any further ado, welcome to the Performante podcast. This is episode 72. We have some urgent news from across the cryptosphere that we want to cover. So my name is Nathan. As always, Keith is with me here and I'll pass it off to dive right into the first story. Thank you very much for tuning in and to jump right into it this Tuesday, Grayscale Investments recently announced that they're launching their Solana Trust. And a little quote here, they said that this allows individuals and institutions to solely and passively invest in the Solana network. So that's really exciting. And this is the 16th crypto investment product for Grayscale. And some of the other ones that they've already had on the market is Bitcoin, BAT, basic attention token, Bitcoin Cash, Chainlink, Decentraland, Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, Filecoin, Litecoin, Livepeer, Stellar Lumens, Zcash, and Horizon. And now they've recently added Solana to the list. So definitely very exciting. Uh, Solana is a project that has had backing from kind of since day one in terms of venture capitalists and large institutional funds. Chamath Palihapitiya and David Sachs is one of the individuals that um, were early investors in Solana. Chamath Palihapitiya still investing in the Solana network. So we do still see a continuation of institutional capital and funds coming into the Solana network, looking very phenomenal. And at this point right now, Grayscale is at a $54 billion AUM, assets under management. And some of the major compositions of that would be Bitcoin, where it's taking $37.2 billion in terms of the assets under management just for the Bitcoin trust. Ethereum also uh, takes the second lead with $14.2 billion. So it'd be interesting to see how much of Solana takes in the total portfolio in terms of a percentage, because we do see interest in Solana, not just from institutions, but from the entire cryptocurrency market. So very interesting to see and great to see that open up for institutional investors, institutional individuals to be able to invest in this up and coming network. Yeah, I think Sol is a real winner. I mean, yesterday I posted a TikTok saying Solana could overpass Ethereum. And honestly, so many people got triggered in the comments. There was some good conversation, but I think with the value that Solana provides, it's hard to ignore it in the current context of $100 Uniswap transactions or even the Binance Smart Chain congestion that we have seen recently. At the end of the day, this is a free market and it'll always pick the most efficient solution. So moving into the next topic, we are talking about Mike Novogratz and his company, Galaxy Digital Holdings. For those who don't know Galaxy Digital, the ticker is GLXY. They're basically a crypto investment firm and they are looking to buy the dip in a massive way. It looks like they are trying to sell 500 or trying to buy $500 million in debt. Uh, This will be charged at 3% interest. Uh, And ultimately, I think it's just a major sign of confluence, right? Like they have conviction, they're confident in the industry. And they're like, hey, let me double down and buy 500 million more dollars of cryptocurrency. And we were talking about this before the episode, but even Sailor doubled down recently. 
Sailor is the man that really started this institutional buying craze. And when Sailor buys, the market does too. At this point, it's an indicator. So if Sailor <laughs> posts on Twitter saying he's bought a thousand more Bitcoins or whatever stupid amount, you know other people might be joining it just because of that conviction with the asset. And so it is interesting to see this like continued uh, institutional involvement even at these high prices. I think that speaks a lot for Bitcoin in terms of not only where we've been in the past, but where we're going in the future. Um, just because these big names are getting involved, they're throwing around big cash and they're taking on debt to make these purchases. And with that 3% interest and in 3% interest on the debt, it's kind of an interesting thought experiment because in theory, generating 3% yield from stable coins would be easy. And so it's just a matter of, can they protect their own capital interest by leveraging DeFi? Uh, that would be something that'd be interesting to see because we're seeing this open market DeFi products hit where people can generate interest by being their own bank. Yeah, extremely well said. It kind of shows as well the broader perspective of these major institutions and individuals who are obviously very successful in their own life understand the economic shift that we're seeing where cash is trash, it's inflating away, the Fed central bank is proliferating the currency, we'll talk more about that later, and they're leveraging that, basically borrowing for next to nothing, you know, negative real rates at 3% if you're borrowing, which is pretty unbelievable, you could generate enough cash flow to easily pay off that 3%, and you basically have this newfound cash that you're able to invest in real hard assets that will appreciate over time compared to things like just holding cash where you're just uh, slowly bleeding out. So I think when you see these large um, asset portfolio managers take these very aggressive steps to basically load up with debt to some degree because they know that it's going to be cheaper to pay off in the future and purchasing assets that will appreciate because of the currency proliferation i think is a really good perspective and you know i'm not saying that anyone should go out and take a loan but i think understanding that holding cash is basically the worst investment you can make and on, in the long term at least and understanding that um, these major players are taking those steps to position themselves in an inflationary period gives a little bit more confidence to the broader market that they are if they are the inflation trade is the correct one to be in so great to see that news come out to play it'd be interesting to see if they are able to get that 500 million dollar principle um, at that three percent exchange rate or the three percent interest rate i should say moving on to the next one here we're going to be talking a little bit more about financial instruments, and this one is going to be uh, in Canada. Fidelity is launching a spot Bitcoin ETF in Canada. Uh, we already have ETFs for BTC and Ethereum, but this one's going to be different in that it will allow investors to buy and sell the actual asset, Bitcoin, instead of the derivatives. So this would allow people to not just invest in a contract, basically in short or an ETF, but you're actually able to purchase the underlying asset, which would be Bitcoin, um, which is a very exciting thing because then people don't have to worry about custodial issues or uh, regulations or anything. They would be the ones to actually um, own the BT uh, BTC itself. Um, obviously it's an ETF, so it's not like it's in your personal wallet, but there's a layer that gets taken off when you own the actual asset compared to a contract. So that's really great to see and I think for investors, it actually is going to reduce risk um, because you can actually claim that you own a certain amount of BTC compared to a contract where you could offer up much more. Uh, you could offer more of the investment without actually owning the asset to provide 
individuals if you if there's a contract. So um, you have a claim to your BTC in a ETF that is 100% BTC owned instead of a derivative of BTC, if that kind of makes sense there. Yeah, and I think ultimately because we are opening up this to we are opening up to a larger market of investors, I think it can more easily have a positive impact, I guess, and negative impact on price because the actual assets that backs it is being traded versus futures products. It will be interesting because anytime there is a market that closes, that it's mark that is interacting with a market that is open, there will be some, I'd imagine, pretty crazy gaps with this spot ETF. Uh, and one thing that I did note is that with these ETFs, usually the MER is pretty high, at least with the Bitcoin and Ethereum ETFs that we currently have. I'm fine with it because I know the capital interest from the investment will pay off the expense ratio. But because it's a spot ETF, I wonder if the expense ratio will be a bit higher. Mm-hmm. And so sticking with basically the Canadian market here, we're talking more about these Bitcoin ETFs. So the previous people who made them are called Purpose. Uh, there was the BTCC, BTCCU as the ETFs and then re- respective for the Ethereum ETFs. But today they are uh, launching new products. Actually, sorry. It looks like it will be in February. They're launching new ETF products, and these will pay investors a monthly yield. Uh, They can't guarantee a payout because of the strategy being used, but they do estimate an annual income of 8 to 10% for both the Bitcoin and Ethereum ETFs, and these will pay out monthly. Uh, My original assumption was that these would be offering on a DeFi basis where they were basically loading out the bank backing asset kind of in a reserve fractional banking system but instead it looks like they are selling covered calls and so with this i think this will open up a potentially interesting legitimate options market within i guess strictly the canadian financial system because we haven't really seen an options contract for bitcoin on the mainstream available to uh, investors and so it'll be interesting this purpose monthly uh, payout fund is an interesting concept and I think I will be selling out my normal Bitcoin ETF for the passive income and just kind of rebalancing because 8 to 10% a year is a considerable source of passive income. Yeah, extremely. And I also just did read up that the management fee or the expense fee, the amount that an individual has to pay every single year in order to for the management to do what they do in terms of the implementation of the covered call strategy. Uh, It's around 1.1% for the expense ratio. So if you are able to get a yield of, let's say, 8 to 10%, that's obviously going to be a really good bet, as well as just owning the underlying asset, being able to be long, but then add on top of your long position without adding additional fresh capital. Really good thing to see. And I do think that this is going to be a really good option for people who want to make a little bit of yield um, as as well as being able to utilize the financial instruments that are out there with the futures market with the derivatives market getting more and more liquidity allowing entities like um, this uh, financial instrument to utilize the covered called strategy basically if you write an option you get some money for writing that option and that money is used to reduce your risk for a particular trade And that's how these individuals are able to generate income through selling options or writing options, which is an income generating method that people use in the options market. So definitely great to see. And I think um, with this 
kind of implementation, we will, as a retail individual, we will be able to start utilizing these covered calls as well. Like there are already options markets, like uh, Derbit is one, um, but I think it'd be a lot easier and there's going to be more liquidity. There's going to be a larger market for options in the crypto world. And it's going to be a really interesting thing being able to really utilize the skills in the traditional markets in the new crypto markets when we're talking about options. So that's going to be something interesting that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, really great to see the ability to basically generate alpha on top of Bitcoin, not even utilizing DeFi. So it's pretty interesting. It's kind of using like the traditional markets leverageability into the new um, the new world of crypto. So moving on to the next topic here, we're going to be talking about Crypto.com. They've been making a huge boom, not even regarding the price because it has been on an mon absolute monster tear. Really great to see. But Crypto.com now agrees to acquire Nadex and the uh, small in, in another small in exchange group from IG Group. And this total acquiring cost was around 4.3 billion for uh, Nadex, which is a part of the North, North American unit of IG Group. And this was based in Chicago. And Nadex is just a exchange for binary options called spreads and other financial instruments that allow individuals to either get more leverage or have more options to utilize different methods in the market that will be able to generate more alpha or generate some sort of yield or generate some sort of income, just like we talked about with the covered call strategy. Um, so this is because CRO is investing in it and announcing that they will acquire it, this will inevitably get to the end user, the individual retail trader. So like we were talking about in the previous discussion, the ability to utilize derivatives options and implement these covered call strategies or uh, put strategies are going to get more mainstream. So that's fantastic. And I think maybe we won't be able to do it, but um, someone in the crypto space will be able to automate or heavily reduce the confusion in options because if you're new to options they can be confusing there's premiums um, there is time decay so there's a lot of things to consider compared to just buying a stock longing it and just assuming that you're going to be totally fine by it appreciating so there is more technicalities with options but with cro they have a fantastic platform on their application. I think they will be able to make it easier because this is going to be something that institutions as well as retail traders are able to um, leverage and utilize as the basically financialization of not just the traditional world, but the financial uh, financialization of the crypto world in terms of derivatives and financial instruments that allow people to generate yield or generate cash flow. The future is digital, baby. It's nice that they're complying. They're going to look to provide services to the U.S. because ultimately they are butting heads with FTX competing over that highly compliant, highly regulated U.S. market. And so to move on to the final story today, I think this will just be a little bit of a sneak peek of the next episode because it is an important topic at hand. Uh, so we all have a lot of love and respect for Ray Dalio. We think he's a thought leader with the investing space being the founder and creator of Bridgewater Associates, one of the largest hedge funds in the world and most successful over time. Uh, he, uh, as of November 30th, made an in interesting statement saying that cash is not a safe place right now, despite the heightened market volatility. Um, he thinks that cash is not a safe invest investment. It is not safe because it will be taxed by inflation. This was during an interview. 
Uh, and he also advocated that during turbulent times, it's important to be in a safe, well-balanced portfolio. And so I think there's some important points here. One, he is recognizing that inflation is getting out of hand and it is taxing your dollars, your purchasing power. Second, he is advocating for allocation within the markets. And so obviously the markets are pretty turbulent right now, but given that um, equities have been performing pretty well uh, and he's advocating to be invested rather than out of the market, uh, to me it's a bit of a bullish statement and it's like, yeah, inflation's bad, but being out of the market is the greater of the two evils. And so uh, as we head into inflation and there's some proactive steps being made by the Fed and we're in a precarious situation with the new COVID variant, I think that personally we are going to see a continued bull market heading into 2022. And perhaps uh, in late Q1, mid Q1 is when we're going to see a retraction in both crypto and stocks. I think those two markets will fall together. Perhaps interest rate changes are the chain are the influence on the market but i think that given how correlated they have been recently on the recent covid news or federal reserve news ultimately i think they will fall together when it is time for a larger pullback in the markets when that'll happen i think is largely fundamental in nature though Mm -hmm. I, i completely agree yeah always wise words from ray dalio for sure and um he he's an individual that really likes to look back at history and uh, to quote him, he says, what we are seeing happen has played out many, many times in history. It's like watching the movie over and over again. So he's a uh, individual that studies not just like the past century, but he looks at different civilizations that have rose and fallen through uh, centuries, really. So it's pretty unbelievable. And to see him speak in the, in the current economy in that way where he is really, really putting down cash, cash is trash, cash is not something that you should hold, even though the market is volatile, there are some pretty big sell days, but um, we've seen it pick back up every single time. There's so much money flooded in the market, especially in the financial realm, because the people who are able to initially get the money first, banks are, are basically investing in the market. What else can they do with it really? So you do see dip after dip after dip getting bought every single time, and it is in my opinion, just um, something that you kind of have to understand the Fed has control over is the Fed is controlling the market, in my view. And I think a lot of people are thinking the same thing. Once they raise interest rates, not talk about it, but actually start to raise interest rates. Uh, they're already talking about it a little bit in kind of spring and summer of 2022. That's a whole other podcast, but um, that's going to kind of be my indicator. Um, first thing for buying, it's going to be if sailors buying, I'm buying. Second thing is if Fed interest rates are increasing, there's probably going to be a lot of turbulent times ahead and going to be a good time to potentially reduce some risk um, and reduce some exposure off the market there. So that's going to be the end of our discussion. We'll definitely dig more into Ray Dalio's viewpoints as well as some other uh, institutional investors that are looking at a market in a way that is not even in line with our views, but in line with the overall economic situation that we're in right now. Um, so to be an interesting podcast for sure. So definitely tune in for that and I'll let Nathan finish off the rest of the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's been the first of December, wherever you may be on planet earth, we're wishing you the best. Uh, stay safe and take care everyone.